Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. How amazing will it be to be back in person again and... Again, just want to honour you, church, honour you for your flexibility and just our negotiation of the different things at the moment so that we can open up in a way where we're opening up for everybody. And that is our heart behind it, that in the complexity of what society is throwing at us at the moment, that as a church, we would commit to do it well, that we'd commit That's what family does. Family does the complicated together. It's prepared to go through the messy together. And, you know, as we articulated last week, this is not the ideal. This is not our heart as a church, but it's the next step that we're taking. So let's let's embrace it with the right heart and the right attitude, knowing that we're doing everything we possibly can so everybody can have a place to come and worship and to bring people to, to bring others to church. There's going to be a kids program at every one of our services, live worship, prayer moments. We're doing everything possible to try and make the experience the same for everybody as well. So really appreciate you hearing the heart in that and honouring God in the season that we're in as well, which is brilliant. And you know, church is essential. And it is essential that we do gather back together. Like Scripture says, do not forsake the gathering of the believers. And so we can meet in some way. And so let's make sure that we're committed to it because church is essential. But, you know, today I want to focus on this whole theme of others. And it's what we started out the year with, others. And who would have thought that we would be in lockdowns again, that we would be facing what we're facing at the beginning of the year, but God knew. And that is why He gave us this theme of others that as we are, you know, have been in isolation and in this time where our city is segregated, you know, our city is divided, that we would always come back to others. That at every, our purpose of our life is to reach people, is to live with the sense of it's not just about me. It's not about my little isolated sphere. No, I'm called to live for others. I'm called to live eyes fixed on what God has called me to and everything comes back to people. So come on, why don't we take, before we get into our text today, why don't we take a moment to pray and God, we just thank you that you are in this season. As much as we find this season difficult, you are in the middle of it. And God, we just pray for our city, our city that is so divided at this time. God, so many fractions taking place. God, I pray that your church would arise, that we as your people would arise and show how it can be done show a way that we can embrace every single person in a way that it's about love. It's about others. It's not about self, but about reaching every single person. And God, I just pray for salvations. We pray next week that as we open up our church, we pray for a flood of salvations. We pray for people that desperately need you to come into your house and find you. We pray for those that have been struggling, God, and isolated, going through mental health challenges or family difficulties. God, I pray that you draw them into your house and that there would be encounters after encounters after encounters with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the Bible text that we're going to look at today is found in Matthew 4, verse 18 to 20. And it's the story of Jesus uh, walking by the Sea of Galilee. And he sees two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets 
and they followed him. And I I love this passage because these guys are just ordinary men, ordinary fishermen. They're on their own mission to build their fishing business. But Jesus comes along to them and says, hey guys, I've got a greater purpose for you. I've got a commission for you. I want you to leave your mission and make it instead a commission that is about people. And Jesus does exactly the same to us as well today. He says, hey, would you come and follow me? And I wanna give your life a life of purpose, a life where it's not just about yourself, but it is about others, about reaching people, about being a fisherman, a fisherwoman for the lost. And I just love that Jesus says those words here, come follow me and I will make you. See, I think a lot of us hear that encouragement around reaching people and reaching the lost. But if we're to be honest, we can feel the sense of, well, how do I really do it? I feel like it's this thing that I'm meant to do as a Christian, but how do I do it? How do I reach the lost? How do I do it in an effective way? How do I reach others? And I just love that passage because Jesus is saying here, I will make you. I will make you. Don't stress about the how. I will make you. I will make you into the fisherman, fisherwoman that you are called to be. See, if I was ever to go to a health and expert coach and say, hey, I want to get my life healthier, they would say to me, well, we're gonna make you into a healthier version of yourself. And see, I wouldn't worry about how they were gonna do it. My concern would just be to listen to the coach and to follow their lead. And because of that, I would be turned into a healthier version of myself. In the same way, Jesus says to us, hey, I will make you. So don't stress about the how, just worry about following me. And as you follow me, as you follow in my ways, I will make you. So I think the greatest question that we can be asking ourselves when it comes to reaching people is actually how much are we following him? How much we actually following Jesus in our day to day, following in his ways, because as we do that, he makes us. So what I wanna look at today is how Jesus makes us, how he makes us to reach people. And the first thing is that he he untangles our lines. He untangles our lines. See, I grew up in a family of seven and we went fishing together as a family and it was absolute chaos. Five kids all fishing and we would get tangled in each other's lines. We would get tangled. Our own rods would be tangled as we let them down or we tried to catch a fish. It was just absolute chaos. I remember clearly looking at my dad who was just untangling fishing lines most of the time. You know, we hardly caught any fish. And him saying to himself, you know, I'm just not really sure whether this is worth it. But you know what? It's a great picture of the season that we're in that we can be so tangled in each other's lines, so tangled in the complication of the season that we actually miss what we are called to do. We miss the whole reason we are here and that's to reach people. We get into the space where I stand for that and I stand for that and so our, our focus is on how we stand rather than how we're reaching people. How are we reaching people? We get tangled up in our own line, tangled up in our own insecurities, our own doubts and our own fears. And that tangled mess causes us, it robs us from fishing the way God has called us to fish. Come on church, I wanna stir us today. Let's not get all tangled in things that aren't actually our call. 
Let's not get tangled in all the complication of the season and miss what God wants to do through us. Man, Matthew 22, verse 34 to 40, I just love this passage. And I love Jesus. He was the master at decomplicating situations. And when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Jesus, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, you should love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. So these Pharisees, they are experts in the law. And they come to Jesus because they want to trap Jesus in saying something that will make him look bad in the sight of the law. And we're in this time at the moment where there are a lot of questions being asked of the law. But I love in this moment that Jesus brings it all back to the greatest law. He says in the middle of all of that, no, I'm not gonna be drawn to that battle. I bring it back to the greatest law. The greatest law is loving God and loving people. Let's make sure we keep coming back to the greatest law that there ever is. I just absolutely love that. I love the power of love. The Bible talks about how the greatest force alive on the planet today is love. You know what? We have a trump card in our hand called love. And I love the feeling of playing cards and you have a trump card in your hand and you watch the game being played out. But you know in your hand that you have the trump card that is gonna change the entire direction of the game. It's gonna change the entire trajectory of the game. And you know what? The enemy is playing a hand at the moment that is about division, about distraction, about disunifying God's people and God's church. And I wanna encourage us today, let's not be drawn into the enemy's hand, but we have a trump card in our hand. And that trump card is God's love and loving people. That's what everything comes back to. We will not divide because we have that trump card in our hand. And I wanna encourage us, you know, in the world that we're living in today that is full of tension, you know, we, you see it, marriages, families, the tension that is taking place at the moment and it breaks our heart. But you know what? Tension can be done in a healthy way. I want to encourage us if we do it God's way, it can be done in a way that builds us, that embraces every person in this season if we see it right, if we do it well. Coming back to the fishing analogy again, tension is your friend. When you wind a fish in, you need to use tension in the right way to bring the fish. And in the same way, we've got to use tension at this time in the right way in a way that brings everything back to God and His people. And I just, I love, to be honest, an email that we had this week, which I just thought was such an amazing way of seeing it. And somebody just emailed saying, you know what, I'm unvaccinated because of medical reasons at the moment. And, but I have so many friends around me who are just facing segregation in our society today. They feel like they're on the outcast. But just hearing the announcement in church today that there is a safe place that they can come, that there is a place that they can come and hear about Jesus. I've invited them already. They don't know Jesus. They don't usually come to church and they're coming next weekend because we're providing a safe place. And I love that. I'm like, what a way of seeing it, that in this season I'm ministering to people. It all comes back to people. I love James 2 verse 8. It says, if you 
really keep the royal law found in Scripture, the royal law, love your neighbour as yourself, you are doing right. And that, when you break it down, the Hebrew, that Hebrew um, word for you, sorry, as yourself could be interpreted as if they were yourself. Again, Scripture coming back to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That we, everything comes back to that. No matter where we stand on the equation, let's keep doing it how God wants us to do it in this, in this time. A way that reflects Jesus and reflects his love for everyone. The second thing in reaching people and how Jesus makes us is that he releases his flavor through us. He releases his flavor through us. You know, I am no Pastor Paul when it comes to fishing, but when we would fish as kids, one of the things we did was release burley behind the boat. And burley, if you're not used to fishing, is this mixture of old fish and guts, and you'd release it in the back of your boat to attract fish to where you were. And fish would come and bite because you were releasing the burley. You know what? In the same way, we release a flavor from our lives that attracts people to Jesus. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 15 to 16 says, In the Messiah, in Christ, I absolutely love this scripture. God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. Through us, He brings knowledge of Christ. Everywhere we go, people breathe in the exquisite fragrance. Because of Christ, we give off a sweet scent rising to God, which is recognised by those on the way of salvation, an aroma redolent with life. How beautiful is that? And because of Jesus, we give off a good scent. How good is that? Who needs Gucci perfume when you got Jesus living through you? Craig, I hope is not listening to this recorded message because I still like my perfume. But we live a scent. There is a scent that we release from our lives that attracts people to Jesus. And I just love that part that it says people who are on their way to salvation. There are people all around us who are looking for that sweet sense, who are looking for that fragrance. I just, I love the story that we shared a few weeks ago of our amazing person, Sia, coming to find Jesus. And she did, she searched all through her teenage and young adult years trying to find God. 100 marathon, uh, 100K runs, went to Everest trying to find the Creator. But she met Charlene at work and there was this scent, there was a fragrance about Charlene's life that caused them to connect and they prayed with each other and then she invited her to church and she's come to Alpha and got saved and she's like, this is, this is everything I was looking for. But it took a fragrance from Charlene, a fragrance from someone to attract her to where Jesus was. And what kind of fragrance are we giving off in this time, in this season? Is it a fragrance that is gonna attract people, you know? Our fragrance comes from what's going on internally. Like scripture says in Proverbs 4, verse 23, guard your heart, watch over it, because that's where everything flows out of. What's going on internally? You know, my concern in the season that we've been in, we've, we've been more isolated, is that it is easy for negative stuff to get into our hearts. 
Because for some of us, we've had more time and space and it can be easy for things like offence to get into your heart because you just replay things over and over, replay conversations over and over or take things one way and offence gets in and instead of there being this aroma of I'm here to serve, I'm here to bring a difference, we've got this aroma of entitlement and what I deserve. You know, we can again have this sense of disempowerment at this time. I want to encourage us, man, if you're feeling like you're in this place of I feel disempowered, I want to challenge you in that. Start to stir up the gift of God that's on your life. Start to speak to yourself. You know what? The same power that raised Christ from the dead, it lives on the inside of me. And make sure your, your fragrance is one of power and authority. Maybe, again, I think this is a big one in this season that we can so get into our point of view that we fail to put ourselves in other people's shoes. And so our fragrance is trying to prove our point rather than having compassion on those that are around us. And I just want to encourage us. I know we can get into so many things in this season, but what is the fragrance that's been released out of it? Let's make sure it's a fragrance that is attractive to others. I love what Philippians 2 verse 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. What's the fragrance of our lives? Is it about others? Or we just got into our own zone? Let's make sure the fragrance is about others. The third thing and how Jesus makes us is that he positions us for the catch. He positions us for the catch. You know, when we would go fishing, our dad would make sure after a few months we learned this, that you have your spot here, you have your spot there, there's your spot and you stay in your spot. And you know, in the same way, our God commissions us in this season for our spot, for our position. You are in your workplace for such a time as this. You are in your family for such a time as this. Wherever God has positioned you, you are positioned for such a time as this. And I think one of the biggest things the enemy again has done at this time is to try and unsettle us in our position. No, let's rise up as the church. Let's stand how God has called us to stand. Position ourselves where we are called to reach. Come on, let's not second guess it. You know, to be honest, there have been so many times during this pandemic that I've said to God, I have not asked to lead a church through this time, especially the last few weeks. God, I, we didn't ask for this. We didn't ask to have to work this out in this way. We didn't ask for this. I just want to tap out. I didn't ask for this. But I'm more than ever, I've felt the Holy Spirit say, just give me a bit of a slap. That's why you're positioned where you are. For this time, to lead my house, that we would not go either side of the spectrum and get so consumed with everything that's going on around us that we miss people in the middle of it. Everything comes back to people. And I'm prepared to fight for God's house to fight for his kingdom for the sake of people. And honestly, we have gone to our knees in prayer at this season. God, what does that look like? And we have a peace 
that this is what it looks like at this time. This time, it's just the next step. This is what it looks like. You know, are we interceding for others? Are we standing in the gap for others? You know, you see Queen Esther, when Mordecai comes to her and says, then this is the time to stand for your people. And Queen Esther says, all these excuses, I can't do it. And he says, no, you're here for such a time as this. Come on, would you step up? God's saying the same to us as well. Come on, would you step up for the sake of others? You see it in heroes of the faith in the Bible. Moses, he cried out for the people of Israel. Abraham cried out for the city of Sodom. We see King David crying out for the people of Israel, saying, God, put it on me, not your people. We see Jesus on the cross crying out, saying, come on, they don't know what they're doing. Crying out for people that were killing him. Come on, are we interceding for others? You know, there's about 12 women that I have in my world who have come to church in the last eight years that we've been here. They may have come through to a production or a church service that I've invited them to. And you know what? For those 12 ladies, I pray for them still consistently. They may have come to church just once and they're in another state, but I know that I'm called to stand in the gap for them. For some reason, they came across my path. And so I'm gonna stand in the gap for them. I'm gonna intercede for them. Come on, when it comes to our prayer life, who will we praying for? Or our prayers just about ourselves? Come on, our prayer life reflects our priorities. And if people are a priority, who are we interceding for? Who are we standing in the gap for? Who are we crying out for at this time? Come on, church, let's not make it our prayer life Our priority is about ourselves, but about others. Who are we interceding for? And you know, I want to encourage us. Standing for others takes incredible perseverance and diligence. And I want to encourage some people today that feel like, you know what, I've just done it for so long, but it doesn't feel like there's any fruit. And I love the passage in Luke 5 where the disciples have been fishing all night. They've got nothing. And Jesus comes alongside them. He says, guys, would you go again? And they're like, well, we've been fishing all night. We haven't got anything. But because you say so, we'll go again. And they catch such a catch of fish that they can't even bring it into their boat. You know, in the same way Jesus comes alongside us, he says, would you go again? Would you fish again? Would you put your net out again? Don't get discouraged. Just keep going. We are not responsible for people's response. We're just responsible for getting the word out, the seed out, the invitation out. Now, the fourth thing and how Jesus makes us into fishermen, fisherwomen, is that he leads us in the urgency of the hour. He leads us in the urgency of the hour. You know, again, going fishing with Pastor Paul, expert in fishing. You know, you are up at 5 a.m., and you are committed to whatever the time is to fish, to wait. You are committed to the hour, no matter what it looks like. And I love in John 4, verse 34 to 
36, Jesus says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look for the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. You know what? Jesus is saying, now is the time. Now is the time for harvest. Now is the time that we need to commit to reaching people, to reaching those around us. Now is the time. It's not when I feel like it. It's not when I'm going to get to it. It's not when I have time for it. No, now is the time for the harvest. There is an urgency in the voice of Jesus. There's an urgency that He has. Come on. There's an urgency in this hour. Would you reach people? And you know what I love? What Matthew 22, the parable that Jesus gives in describing the kingdom of heaven. And He says, the kingdom of heaven is like this wedding feast that is put on. And invitations are sent out, but there are excuses that come back. You know, I'm too busy doing my own thing to come, or I'm too busy with family, or I'm too busy doing this. And so then the master of the wedding just says to his servants, go, get the invitation out to anybody, to everybody who will listen. Bring them in. You know what? We are those servants that have that wedding invitation in our hands. And we have a responsibility, church, to get it out. We have a responsibility to get the wedding invite out. Come on, to anybody who will listen. And, you know, I'm stirred when I think of what God has done, how Jesus meets people. Again, just coming in today, I was reminded about Eddie a devout Muslim who was searching for God. He just knew his faith, his Muslim faith, just didn't quite sit right with him. And we invited him as a tradie just to come and do the carpet here at church. And as he lay the carpet here on the stage, he had an encounter with Jesus. He had a vision of Jesus. And Jesus came and changed his world forever. He was radically saved. He's come to our church services ever since, baptised a few weeks later. You talk to Eddie. He's just, Jesus, I love Jesus so much. Jesus, save me. How many Eddies are out there that just need the invitation? Come on, we have no idea God is doing behind the scenes at the moment. In the last few weeks even, just what has come through, a lady just emailed letting us know that she's been watching church. She's a Christian. She's been watching church. And just her husband that hasn't known God has just been listening in the background for weeks. And just a few weeks ago, just came alongside her, said the salvation prayer. You know, again, other people that have recently got saved, sending out the invitation to church, their friends get saved. God wants to move in this season. He wants to move through us. But let's make sure we keep our eyes focused on the main thing, on what He wants to do, how He wants to use us, how He wants to move through us.
let's not get distracted, disunified, and all these other things and miss how He is calling us to draw people to Himself. And if you're joining us today and you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, to surrender your life to Him, it is the greatest decision that you could ever made. And right now, I just wanna extend the invitation to you to open up your life, to surrender to Him and say, you know what, Jesus, I wanna follow you. I wanna know who you are and I wanna know your truth, your freedom, your love, your joy, your peace. And the incredible thing about our God is that because Jesus came and gave His Son and, and rose from the dead again, we can come to Him exactly as we are. It's this heart's response of saying, God, I've, I haven't got this life right. I need You. And in that honest heart's response, it's called a salvation moment where we turn to Him and His ways and we follow Him. And if you're here today and you're saying, you know what, I wanna make that decision. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And that prayer starts a journey with Jesus. And you may be listening and maybe you once had that relationship with Jesus, but if you're to be honest, you're not walking following Him. You're not walking in His ways and His truth. And you're to say today, you know what, I wanna make that decision. I wanna, I wanna decide I'm fully giving Jesus everything. So why don't you repeat this after me? Jesus, I invite You into my life. I ask You to be my God, to be my Saviour. I pray that You would meet me, that You would reveal Yourself to me. I'm sorry for my wrongs. I give my life to You. In Jesus' Name, everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. What an incredible decision that You have made. And for everybody, that made that decision, I wanna encourage you to click the raise hand bar that's on the chat or go to the link that is below me on the screen here and let us know your details. And we're just gonna send you a Bible in the mail. This is the greatest gift that we could ever have, God's truth, God's ways. We're gonna send it to you in the mail. Just let us know your details. And we would also love to send you a letter or an email letting you know the next step that you can take to know God more for yourself, to join Alpha, to connect into church. Because man, we're family and we wanna do this with you. So you're now part of the family, which is absolutely awesome. And you know, I just, I'd love to take a moment to pray for us, church, to just really pray that there would be a new urgency in us to reach people, to reach others, that we wouldn't just get so consumed by everything happening at the moment that we miss how God is wanting to use us. Come on, why do we pray together? God, I just thank You for who You are. And God, I just pray that You would break our hearts afresh for people. You'd break our heart afresh for others. They'd cause us to see people all around us who need You and not to be so consumed in what's happening in our day or what we've got to get to next that we miss the moments that You're wanting to use us. And God, I just pray that there'd just be such a new sense of wanting to reach people, of getting the invitation out. God, we pray that as we return to our church services that we would see a flood of souls we'd see a flood of salvations. We'd see a flood of people encountering You, that we'd see such a move of Your Holy Spirit, that revival would hit our church, that we would see our doors just overflowing because of what You're doing in us and through us. God, we just thank You for who You are, for how You're leading us. 
We just love you so much. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Well, again, we can't wait to have you with us next week. 9.30, 11.30 and 6 o'clock as well. And then also we are going to be continuing our online services as well. 9.30, we're going to be streaming live and then it's going to be on demand for the rest of the day as well. So again, we're just doing whatever possible to have that God encounter, that God exchange for as many people as we can. So let's be going into next week praying and just believing for heaven to come to earth. We love you so much. Thank you for who you are and we'll see you next Sunday. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.